Hey guys, welcome to the Bitcoin Fortress podcast, helping you increase your financial freedom. This is episode 24 and is being recorded on July 3rd, 2022. This podcast is for entertainment only and is not investing advice, so please, please do your own homework. Well, I got a lot to cover this week, Uh, market update, lots of Bitcoin news, and then uh, we're going to talk about why Bitcoin is not dead. So getting right into it, market update, Wall Street rebounded to close sharply higher Friday in light trading ahead of the holiday weekend. By the way, if you celebrate the 4th of July, happy 4th of July to you. Uh, After the S&P 500 posted its worst performance for the first half of any year since 1970, investors were focused on warning signs from several companies that lowered their profit guidance, adding to investor concerns that persistent inflation at 40-year highs could continue to put pressure on stock prices. Bond yields continued their recent retreat with the benchmark 10-year Treasury dropping 24 basis points for the week to close at 2.89%. After sliding to as low as 2.8%, that could be a recession sign. We'll see. For the week, all three major market indexes posted losses, with the Dow Jones average edging 1.3% lower, the S&P sank 2.2%, and the NASDAQ fell 4.1%. Okay, moving on to Bitcoin news here. We have, uh, this is from Bitcoin.com, and uh, this was just updated seven hours ago. It says, EU makes deal on MICA legislation to regulate crypto markets. Representatives of key European Union institutions and member states reached an agreement on the markets in crypto assets regulatory proposal The progress in the negotiations over the comprehensive legal framework for the union's crypto space comes after earlier this week, European officials agreed to adopt a set of anti-money laundering rules for cryptocurrency transactions. Uh, So this is kind of a big deal because everybody's been talking a lot about regulation in the space, and uh, here comes the EU with their own uh, flavor of this. Uh, So uh, the article goes on to say the important regulation confirms the European Union's role as standard setter for digital issues. The EU said Mika will give crypto issuers and providers of related services a, quote, passport to serve clients across the union while obliging them to meet, quote, strong requirements to protect consumers' wallets and become liable in case they lose investors' money, a statement emphasized. Furthermore, stablecoin holders will be offered the security of a free-of-charge claim at any moment, a move that, according to some in the industry, such as the Blockchain for Europe lobby group, may lead to a situation in which stablecoins will basically have no ways to be profitable. Huh, that's kind of interesting. The agreement excludes non-fungible tokens, except if they fall under existing crypto asset categories, direct quote. Uh, authorities in Brussels will now have 18 months to decide if separate regulations are needed for them. National regulators will be responsible for issuing licenses to crypto businesses at the same time they will have to regularly inform the European Securities and Markets Authority about the authorization of large operators. The latter has been tasked to develop standards for crypto companies to disclose information regarding their environmental and climate footprint, 
a compromise arrangement allowing the scrapping of the idea to ban the provision of services for proof of work coins, uh, which of course is a big deal because that would uh, basically affect Bitcoin. Uh, so long and the short of it is uh, it regulates crypto issuers uh, and services. Um, the stablecoins free of charge thing almost feels like a way of trying to put the, the stablecoins out of business um, and set up a central bank digital currency, in my opinion. Uh, and it's interesting that it excludes NFTs, at least for right now. But uh, uh, interesting development for sure uh, on the regulatory front in the EU. Moving on, Grayscale files a lawsuit against the SEC over spot Bitcoin ETF rejection. Grayscale Investments, the world's largest digital currency asset manager, has filed a lawsuit against the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission challenging the securities regulator's decision to reject its application to convert the Grayscale Bitcoin Trust to a spot Bitcoin exchange traded fund. And they've been trying uh, to do this for a while and they keep getting rejected. Um, one thing to note here, which is kind of interesting, is that the market price per share of the Grayscale Bitcoin Trust is a, right now, as of the last quote, 31% less than the uh, Bitcoin holdings per share in the fund. Um, uh, so that's a significant discount. And uh, that would obviously go away if, uh, if it was converted to an ETF because it should be one for one. That's typically how commodity ETFs work, um, that the, value, the, the holdings per share should equal the market price per share. One drawback of Grayscale, of course, is they charge a 2% fee to manage the fund, which is pretty hefty. But I'm assuming uh, that that fee would go down significantly uh, once they become an ETF. But it's not going to happen. Um, so they're going to sue the SEC and we'll we'll see uh, what they say. The uh, Their quote here is, we believe American investors overwhelmingly voiced a desire to see GBTC convert to a spot Bitcoin ETF, which would unlock billions of dollars of investor capital while bringing the world's largest Bitcoin fund further into the U.S. regulatory perimeter. Uh, they went on to say the SEC is failing to apply consistent treatment of similar investment vehicles and is therefore acting arbitrarily and capriciously in violation of the Administrative Procedures Act and Securities Exchange Act of 1934. So we wish them luck. Uh, moving on, Bitcoin's lower price shrinks Bitcoin mining profits, but hash rate remains uh, unaffected. And so I've talked about hash rate before on this podcast. That's very important for securing the network. While Bitcoin's fiat value has dropped more than 70% below the all-time high recorded in November 2021, the price reduction has made it so miners are making fewer profits depending on the devices they operate, despite miner profits sliding. Uh, Bitcoin's hash rate has remained high, coasting along at 180 exa hash per second to 261 exa hash per second. In three days or more than 600 blocks away, Bitcoin's next difficulty adjustment is also estimated to increase by 0.3%. So that actually means there's more competition for mining. Um, it uh, sorry, uh, if the yes, the difficulty adjustment increasing. Um, means it's harder to mine Bitcoin. Um, so again, this is really important for the network to be secure. And so even in a 
pretty bad bear market, it's good to see that the hash rate is holding up uh, quite nicely. Uh, so this is from Coindesk, June 29th. Uh, and uh, this is uh, Coinbase is reportedly selling geolocation data to ICE. Uh, crypto exchange Coinbase's analytics program, Coinbase Tracer, will provide the U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement Agency, or ICE, with data about crypto users, including historical geo-tracking data and transaction history, according to a contract obtained by Watchdog Group Tech Inquiry. The contract adds detail to what was previously known about the three-year deal between the crypto exchange and ICE, the law enforcement arm of the United States Department of Homeland Security. The Intercept initially reported the news. A representative for Coinbase denied that the information provided by the analytics software is the exchange's customer data. So if you needed another reason not to trust the exchanges, um, here's another one for you. Okay, moving on, this one's from Bitcoin.com. This was updated eight hours ago. Uh, report, embattled crypto hedge fund Three Arrows Capital files for Chapter 15 bankruptcy. The troubled crypto hedge fund Three Arrows Capital Limited, otherwise known as 3AC, is filed for bankruptcy according to recent court filings. The court papers show that 3AC is aiming for an ancillary Chapter 15 proceeding so liquidators and creditors cannot seize the firm's U.S. assets. Um, let's see. Court filings were seen by Bloomberg's Jeremy Hill, and the author published a report that summarized the situation. Hill says that 3AC is filed for Chapter 15, which allows proceedings to occur and protect insolvent firms in more than one country. I guess they have operations in uh, Singapore and in uh, the British Virgin Islands in addition to the US. Uh, essentially, 3AC wants the bankruptcy recognized in the US in order to protect the hedge fund's assets located in America. So needless to say, bankruptcy filing is uh, not a good thing. And uh, you know they were already kind of on shaky ground uh, before this. Um, and, uh, this is just another, more of the collateral damage from uh, the fallout of the unwinding of all these highly leveraged, uh, crypto exchanges and hedge funds. And finally we have, and this is, uh, July 1st article from Coindesk. Um, and I'll put links of all, all these, uh, articles. You can read the whole article, uh, in the, uh, show notes, but. Voyager Digital temporarily suspends all trading withdrawals and deposits. Shares of the troubled digital broker plunged more than 26% in U.S. trading on Friday. Crypto broker Voyager Digital is temporarily suspending all trading deposits, withdrawals, and loyalty rewards, the company announced Friday. Even the Voyager-issued debit card will stop working for owners, um, and they were effective as of 2 p.m. Eastern on Friday. Um, this was a tremendously difficult decision, but we believe it is the right one given current market conditions, said Stephen Ehrlich, CEO of Voyager, in a statement. This decision gives us additional time to consider to continue exploring strategic alternatives with various interested parties while preserving the value of the Voyager platform we've built together. We will provide additional information at the appropriate time. Voyager recently disclosed it had significant exposure to the three arrows capital um, 
and had issued a notice of default to the beleaguered hedge fund. Voyager claims 3AC has failed to make required payments on its loan of 15,250 Bitcoin, $294 million, and 350 million of USDC. Voyager said it is actively pursuing all available remedies for recovery from 3AC, including through a court-ordered liquidation process in the British Virgin Islands, which of course is why uh, 3AC filed for bankruptcy protection so they can stop all that in its tracks. Shares of Voyager plunged more than 26% uh, in Friday's US trading. Um, shares of the firm's main listing in Canada were not trading on Friday because of the country's Canada Day holiday. Um, Voyager had earlier received a cash USDC loan of 200 million and a revolving credit facility of 15,000 Bitcoin or 294 million from quantitative trading firm Alameda Research, which is owned by FTX CEO Sam Bankman-Fried to safeguard Voyager's customer assets. Uh, so the uh, contagion continues in the exchanges and uh, you definitely don't wanna hold your coins on exchanges. Okay, uh, so so for this week, I thought I'd talk about why Bitcoin is not dead um, and that rumors of Bitcoin's demise are once again unfounded. So of course, we've seen bad recent price action, um, the cascading collapse of highly leveraged crypto hedge funds and exchanges, along with the process of forced asset liquidations uh, will more than likely accelerate the evolution and consolidation of, of the industry. Um, uh, this is, to me, much like the dot-com bubble, many companies with questionable business models in the crypto space this time were formed in, say, the last five to 10 years. And I think only the strong will survive. Um, Bitcoin price continues to be under pressure with all the forced selling of assets, of course, since it's the pristine asset of the space. So from my vantage point, the selling has been somewhat orderly. Um, I don't believe we're, we're at a panic level yet. And um, I think there might be more downside potentially in the Bitcoin price in the near term, if there is indeed more unwinding to do, more liquidations, more sales, which certainly from uh, what I was just sharing uh, earlier uh, seems to be the case or could definitely be the case. Um, but, you know, I still think Bitcoin's at a price level that's attractive for someone who's looking to accumulate through dollar cost averaging. Um, and actually, really, if you're dollar cost averaging, you don't really care what the price is. You're going to you're going to buy some when it's low and you're going to buy some when it's high. And overall, um, you know, you're going to do fine in the long run. I do think that the long term Bitcoin thesis remains unchanged, regardless of whether, you know, you know regardless of the bad uh, short term price action. And again, just a reminder, but Bitcoin is absolutely scarce. 21 million coins will only ever exist. Um, it's peer-to-peer -peer and can be transferred without a bank or other intermediary. It can be self-custodied outside the banking system and has no counterparty risk if you, if you hold it without leverage. And it's a hedge against fiat currency debasement collapse. Um, so we kind of get into some lessons here lesson number and from the bear market i guess number one is not your keys not your coins so uh, one hard lesson a lot of people have learned recently is that trusting a third party like an exchange with your bitcoin either to store it for you 
order earn a yield on it is playing with fire. Um, exchanges facing financial difficulty have started freezing customer withdrawals and these yield generating schemes, you know, double digit yields that seem too good to be true have been falling apart. Um, even the supposed industry stalwart Coinbase uh, could be on shaky ground. They came out with a, a widely quoted uh, some new language in their 10Q filing from March where they said, uh, moreover, because custodially held crypto assets may be considered to be the property of a bankruptcy estate, in the event of a bankruptcy, the crypto assets we hold in custody on behalf of our customers could be subject to bankruptcy proceedings and such customers could be treated as our general unsecured creditors. Well, that's not good news because generally uh, that means you're not going to get anything. <laughs> Now, more than ever, uh, really the case for not your keys, not your coins has been made. Um, and this is true most recently with the Voyager announcing on Friday, they were halting trading withdrawals of deposits on their platform, as I just talked about. This is a very serious development since many people use Voyager thinking it was trustworthy and, uh, and, and that their US dollar coin, stable coin balances, which were paying a pretty good yield um, relative to you know bank accounts and such, um, they thought those were FDIC insured. And in fact, you know, Voyager may have even misrepresented that, um, which is not the case. Um, so then I saw the, there was a posting on Reddit, uh, somebody here with a, a $357,810.77 portfolio balance, 84.7% in US dollar coin, 11.2% in Bitcoin, and 4.2% in other coins. Um, and this person said, very sadly, please pray for Voyager to come back. I may end my life if I can't get my savings back. So this is, um, this is very serious stuff. So leverage, another lesson is that leverage of any kind involving Bitcoin is dangerous. And with the wild price swings, you could end up losing your coins pledged as collateral. So if you must borrow against Bitcoin, the loan to value ratio, in my opinion, should be very low to avoid losing your collateral. And you definitely wanna vet the lender to make sure they're reliable because you're gonna be giving your coins to them uh, in exchange for fiat. Anyone left in the business after this shakeout, in my opinion, has a good chance of survival, but definitely do your research. As for Bitcoin put and call options, to me, those are better left to the gamblers. I've lost count how many people on Twitter I follow who've been wiped out on both sides of that trade on the way up and on the way down. Keep it simple. So a final lesson learned is that with Bitcoin, you don't need to be fancy. At its core, Bitcoin is a savings technology. Over time, its absolute scarcity will work to protect your wealth from currency debasement. Just buy small amounts regularly with cash, self-custody, and relax. It's actually liberating, and you can shift your focus from worrying about your investments to something more fun or productive. The community. Another thing that I've personally learned is that the Bitcoin community is very diverse with a lot of different views, but all are staunch supporters of the network. I've been impressed with the many very intelligent people in the space who bring their own unique perspective to the Bitcoin experience, colored by their own personal and professional background. I've long believed that the Bitcoin community is one of the most underrated features of the Bitcoin network 
and it will definitely help continue to drive adoption and innovation. So a little bit about my journey. I started my journey by buying Bitcoin at almost the exact top of the last cycle at around $20,000 in December of 2017. Now, I was only investing a small monthly amount and I watched the price continue to climb, but I continued to buy every month. And I'm pretty proud to say that I haven't ever sold a coin. But for, for all that time investing in it, and really until early 2021, I didn't really understand Bitcoin. I just thought of it as an alternative investment idea like gold or silver or, you know, things like that. <clears throat> and it really wasn't until I started watching some of Michael Saylor's YouTube videos that I began to understand better what Bitcoin is. And then I started listening to podcasts, following Bitcoiners on Twitter, and ultimately read the Bitcoin Standard, followed by many other books recommended by the Bitcoin community. When Money Dies, Adam Ferguson, The Fourth Turning, William Strauss, and Neil Howe, um, uh, The Sovereign Individual, uh, and things like that. Um, by, I'd say about May of 2021, I was developing a much, much deeper understanding of what an incredible financial innovation Bitcoin is. And in turn, my conviction developed alongside my understanding. And that's when I really started increasing my monthly purchases and also buying strategically on pullbacks with the goal of accumulating more coins over time. And again, big picture, I don't, you know, I'm not 100% in, I, I do have a large allocation in my portfolio, but I do have other investments. Um, so, you know, again, uh, it's up to each individual to decide how much Bitcoin uh, they want to own. Um, but clearly, you know, uh, a non-zero allocation is uh, what most people would recommend. Start small, you know, 2%, maybe 5%. And then work your way up from there as your conviction grows. So as far as the road ahead, um, these are my thoughts. You know, we're clearly in a bear market now, but market conditions will change. And the bull market will come again, as it always does. Don't forget, we're two years away from the next halvening, which is when the block rewards for the, that the miners receive gets cut in half. That basically uh, reduces the amount of coins that are being issued, which then um, you know, effectively reduces supply. Uh, so all things being equal, um, you know, price tends to go up uh, on those halving events. So we do... We are, in, all markets are cyclical. Bitcoin is certainly no exception to that. And, uh, you know, you just have to uh, put yourself in a position where you're not a forced liquidator uh, at low prices in the bear market and uh, continue to accumulate. Better yet, be in a position to accumulate uh, in a bear market and then enjoy the, the bull market when it comes. I think Bitcoin's, Bitcoin price action will continue to be volatile. It's going to surprise to the upside and the downside, just like it has from the beginning. Um, but I think the fundamental value proposition of an absolutely scarce, self-sovereign financial innovation remains unchanged. And those that are willing to take the time to understand it will, will reap the rewards. As the saying goes, everyone buys Bitcoin at the price they deserve. So thanks for listening to the podcast this week. 
if you enjoyed the show, please like and leave a comment. Also, don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss an episode. You can also follow my Substack at bitcoinfortress.substack.com. And you can follow me on Twitter at Nick Reichert. Talk to you next week. Have a great holiday. Bye-bye.